fallible word of God conferred to man to live by. We let the word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Well, yes, indeed, it is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. This is a holiday weekend, Memorial Day, and we want to thank you for tuning in. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton. I'm one of the teammates, and I'll be introducing you to the other teammates momentarily. But I'm going to ask that if you would, if you would bow with me or take your time, just maybe, you know, close your eyes, get whatever position you are, so we can meditate upon uh, this prayer I'm going to give to start the broadcast. Sort of like dedicating the show uh, to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and thanking Him for the breath that's in our body, and have a you know try to have a seamless show. And we go when I say try, just praying to Him that we may participate in this broadcast. So Father God, we thank you for the privilege of life. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to just work in your kingdom. We don't want to take anything for granted. We don't want to become so familiar with life that we forget that we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next moment, but we thank you for giving us the moments you've given us, you've given us today. And we have dedicated and set this time aside to be able to edify ourselves, but yet at the same time, focus on honoring you. How do we do it? We do it by questions and answers. We have a question and answer format to find out what you say about life. So the listening audience be a very integral part of this team. And as they call in, as they send us questions in, Father God, we just ask and pray that our mind would be clear from any distractions of the sensitivities that goes on in life, the various things that may happen with us daily and happen to us last week or going to happen to us in the future. We just ask that we focus on the questions and we focus on what you said about the answer from a biblical perspective because that's what we're coming from. That's where we're coming from. A Bible information brokers is just that. We want to broker your answers, Father God. So be with us, help us, strengthen us. We know we can't do it by ourselves. We'd be so silly to think that we could, but please empower us by your spirit. And please empower those that are listening, Father God, uh, those that believe in you by your spirit to call in with those questions, to email us questions in the various ways we're going to give in a moment. And the privilege that we have to glorify you in this format, we thank you. So please, Father God, be glorified and let us be edified by the very things that we're going to do by setting out this time. In Jesus' precious and matchless name, amen. Now, what I'll do is give the phone number out, and I'll introduce the team momentarily so you can start calling in right now in the various ways you're going to send questions in to us. No Facebook today, Daryl. Okay, very good. The, the phone number is 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. And as you heard my wonderful teammate, Brian, to let me know that there's no Facebook. So what I'll do is simply give you Bible info brokers so that you might be able to send us questions by way 
of Messenger. Actually, you can send us a question. You just won't be able to see us. And then um, by typing those questions in on our Facebook page, we will be able to receive those questions by Facebook. You just won't be able to see the, uh, the video portion of it, and we apologize for that. But again, Bible Info Brokers for email questions at our .com website, Facebook, Messenger, and also tweets, Bible Info Brokers. Everyone else, please give us a call at 888-995-5552. If you would be so kind when you call in, please just give your name, the city you're calling from, and get right into your question. We want to get as many questions as we can. And if you have anything as far as technology in the background, uh, then please turn your, like, your your radio off, TV off, or what have you, the background noise, we get, won't have any feedback. Again, the number again is 888-995-5552, 888 995-5552 is the number. Bible Info Brokers, same formats. Bible Info Brokers on the platform of Facebook, email, tweet, or messenger. You just won't be able to view us today on Facebook. And you know, Brian, we we, have, we used to have radio faces. I guess now we have Facebook faces. But listen, <laughs> we want to take an opportunity for you to go ahead and send us those questions. Let's get as many as we can. I know it's a Memorial Day weekend, and those of you uh, may not get an opportunity to stay up this time of night, but you're staying up with us. So please, check us out. Send us a question. We want to give you a biblical response. The voice you heard earlier that gave me a reminder is my good friend Brian Allen. How you doing, B? Doing well, dear. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well, brother. Um, we were reminiscing over some basketball stuff, man. You showed me some old pictures. Everybody got that gray on now. About a many years ago, that was pretty good. I appreciate those pictures. <laughs> kind of inside joke, but just give you a little bit of sharing of it. And also, the guy... Um, that we have with us also today, and be, be in prayer for Eric. Eric's not here today, but be in prayer for us, uh, for him. It, it's Professor Craig Hawkins. I would still call him PCH. I like PCH, Professor Craig Hawkins. Right? Well, of course, affectionately calling him that. And, you know, he's by way telephonically, so he won't get that shot in before I do. PCH, how are you doing, sir? You thought I wasn't going to say it, didn't you? You thought I wasn't going to get my word in there, brother. You're cold. You're cold. <laughs> but smooth at the same time. Smooth, old man. Hey, guys, listen. I hope everyone's having a, a great uh, Sunday today and a, you know, a wonderful weekend. And look, please be safe out there. I want to talk about Memorial Day a little bit later on from a perspective of a Christian and what we should be um, remembering, as it were. We will talk about that a little later on. But right now, guys, Guys, why don't we just do this? Why don't we go right into the questions and take as many questions as we can? Uh, because yeah. you know, we go ahead, Greg. Say it again. Well, I'd like to, but I, I've got to warn you. You kind of have these services with the identity theft. There, <laughs> there's some pictures on the internet. Wow, I received some, and there's claiming to be you, but I just can't who, believe who? they're you. Man, we got we got to investigate uh, that. I want to warn you, there. Well, all I can tell you is if a, if a person has any kind of two. If they have a tool in their hand, like a racket or a club, then that probably is me. Just pictures of like 125 years ago. That's all. <laughs> Glad your phone is working, Craig. Let's get yeah, into the there's, phone call. There's, there's a racket there, all right. You, you, hey, what is that oh, thing? There's a racket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a good one, brother. I'm gonna give you two on that. Now wait a minute. What is that that identity theft thing they have um, nowadays? Yeah. What is it called? Well, there's a number of them. My identity theft is going off. Yeah, it is. Phone, you know what? We so might want to investigate that. Leave you. I knew it couldn't be you, so I just, oh. I just let you know. I'm warning you. Right, right click it and see if it's copyrighted. That's all. We go from there. Craig, Craig I, 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 saw, <laughs> one, I saw one from him playing basketball, oh. and I was like, 
You wear short shorts. Oh man, short <laughs> shorts. You're high, not too far from that. High white socks, Converse. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Look, let me bring a little joy in our our, our our broadcast and talk with our good friend Joy from Costa Mesa. Joy, please excuse those guys and thank you for calling in. Oh, happy Sunday, happy Memorial Day, and how far we've come from the land of the brave, huh? Indeed. But uh, Jesus is coming soon. Well, Amen. Even so come. My question, my question is from Mark. Um, I don't know how I not reading there, but I happened to end up there today. Mark uh, four thirty four, where Jesus says, "But without a parable, and with many such parables, he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them." And when they were alone, he explained all these things to his disciples. Now, my question is more about the commentary. And I have a good commentary Bible, study Bible. And it says, on that particular day, Jesus spoke to the larger crowd only in parables. This method of teaching left unbelievers with riddles and kept them from being forced to believe or disbelieve him. They could make no decision to follow him since they did not understand what he taught. Now that kind of, I'm wondering about, kept them from being forced to believe or disbelieve him. Mm-hmm. They couldn't. Do you follow that, Professor? Well, I hear you. I, I don't follow it. I, I don't hold that view at all. Um, yeah. There, there are a number of views of why the par- why he spoke to them in parables, and that's an unusual one. Some will frankly say that it's so so that because well, the truth wasn't for them. I mean, at least they're straight up about that. Uh, others would say, well, because basically these are sacred truths, and, and the people are being profane, and they don't want the truth. But but the one you just shared, you know, is definitely an anomaly, definitely an unusual read of that, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't bear witness to that. I don't uh, agree with okay. that at all. Okay, that's what I wondered. Like, how, why would Jesus, like, well, anyway, why did he speak in parables? That was the way of the time, you know, that culture, but what else can you say? Why right. can you read that quote one more time, Joy? I wanted to hear that again okay, one more time. Okay, sure, yes, yes. On that particular day, Jesus spoke to the larger crowd only in parables. This is the notes. This method of teaching left unbelievers with riddles and kept them from being forced to believe or disbelieve. Dash. They could make no decision to follow him since they did not understand what he taught. So did did you use the word riddle? Was that one of the words? Riddle? Uh, riddles, yeah. This method yeah. of teaching left unbelievers yeah. with riddles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you could, you know, Joy, let me just finish commenting. If you could somehow, you know, take a picture of that, a, a screenshot, whatever, and send that to us electronically, yeah. I'd like to have it from my files. Yeah, I just, I mean, there's there's a number of views. That's definitely not a majority view. I just have problems yeah. with it because, if anything, Christ is constantly pushing people to believe or disbelieve. He, he's, right. he's not given. There's no neutral ground here. Um, there, yeah. so I, I just find that itself uh, preposterous, biblically speaking, and and not in accord with what he said and uh, what the par- parables are about. 
So I, I find that just extremely problematic. So I'd love to have that one for my files and take a closer look at that. But yeah, I don't, I don't subscribe to that view at all. What was the address Thank in Mark you, again, it Joy? Really puzzled me. I'm sorry. What? Joy, what was the address in Mark again? Mark what? Yeah, Mark 34. 434, I'm sorry, 434. Okay, thank you. But, um, Professor, tell me, and then I could send it, what, I do have email again now, so what do I do? Send it, uh, I don't know. Well, just send it to, to our email, the one that you've sent before, and I'll get a copy of it. Okay, I think to Brian. To Brian's email, I guess? Or, or just go to... Uh, Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers. Okay. Okay. And then, Professor, if you could just say something about speaking in parables, though. What was that method? Why was that used? I mean, it was the culture, but what you know, else? I, I would, I would, yeah, I mean, people love stories, number one. But number two, it's, it's, it's for the people who really don't want the truth, they don't, they don't get it. I mean, uh, God does reserve that. There, the, I think of the parable, you know, even the talents, those who... who they don't. If you don't use what you're given, even that is taken from you. So he's not going to throw the sacred in front of uh, the profane. If they don't want the mm. truth, they're not going to get it. They have to desire truth uh, by the grace of God. So I, I just, yeah. I, so I just find that extremely problematic. Uh, that the what you quoted that is. So so again, because people do enjoy stories, uh, but also then it's natural for the person who really wants to know to go that God's working on their life, and they're responding, it's going to be, well, what does that mean? You're going to seek, seek for wisdom and understanding, but the person who doesn't want the truth is not going to get it. But it's not because Christ is not, but that has nothing to do with Christ, uh, quote-unquote, pushing for, uh, not giving people, making them decide for, for or against them. Uh, no, because he says the exact opposite in, in numerous places, that indeed that's exactly what he was doing. And indeed, he so said, loves, indeed, he, he did not, that is not for me is against me. He uses, he invokes the law of excluded metal. So, I mean, that, that's just, I, I never cease to be amazed at some unusual views that people come up with about the Bible. And this is clearly, this, to me, clearly one of them. This is a very, uh, you know, Bible, good Bible teacher and pretty solid. So I was, so that's why I wondered, but. Yeah, we don't well, there's an old saying by a great, a great philosopher of science: "Great people make great mistakes." Every we all mess up, Indeed. and that's why we okay, always want to check everything. We want to check everything by the Word of God. Let me just put it this way: uh, other than God and His Word, uh, we ought to check. None of us is infallible. None of us is an errant in and of ourselves, and so it doesn't matter who the person is. I never just carte blanche say, well, you know, so-and-so said it, and they may indeed, I may even have said and believe they're, overall they're a good Bible teacher, but that does not mean that I'm going to give them a pass on something that where they lay an egg. And, and very good. And then just one more thing with the parables. So I'm trying to picture, like, being Jesus, and he's talking in stories. Okay, they love stories. But then the parables, not to sit the sacred in front of the profane. I mean, he wanted them to, he did want them to get it, so he was kind of, I, I don't know. Just 
uh, terrible. Thing. Well, the person who wants the truth, the person who's going to seek the truth of God's calling, uh, and this depends on your soteriology, whether you're Calvinistic or a moderate Calvinist, Arminian or Lutheran. It depends on your your view there. But the person who doesn't want the truth is not going to get it. The person has to seek it and want it, and then may God, by God's grace, show it to them. But the person who doesn't want the truth is not going to understand it. That's just so. When they spoke in parable, if they didn't want the truth, and he spoke in a parable, they would like maybe pursue him more, or like. Well, yeah, it causes you. It causes you uh, a good student. If there's something difficult in the class, they don't just give up. It challenges them. It challenges them to apply themselves to understand. It. In this case, to, mm. to seek God and pray for wisdom from Him that He would open their spiritual eyes and ears. Indeed. Mm. Hey, Joy, excellent questions. Excellent questions. Appreciate your phone call, Joy. God bless you. Bye-bye. 888-995-5552. You can call in just like Joy did. 888-995-5552. We're going to answer your question from a biblical perspective. Brian. You know, Daryl and Craig, sometimes when uh, people are trying to explain something, sometimes they'll make it a point to say, well, let let me... give you an analogy mm-hmm. or let me explain it to you in a, in a different way. And they'll give a story or a parable to try to make the point uh, because it'll be easier for that person to get across and, or to understand. I remember there was a movie with Denzel Washington and his line in the movie was, well, let me explain it to you like a second grader. <laughs> okay. And I mean, that was like a common, uh, a common remark he made, but sometimes you have to paint the picture or tell a story right. to really bring out the message that you're trying to say you get across. Hey, Craig, if I was hearing you correctly, it's, uh, uh, clear this up for me. When a, If a person doesn't want to know the truth, Jesus made a distinction on people who just trying to purport their belief system or maintain power, especially with the Pharisees, Sadducees, and all those guys. And when Jesus would speak parables, wouldn't he also use those, those, those same parables so that they sort of wouldn't get the, the truth about it because he knew that their mindset or whatever it is, they wouldn't really seek it. Well, truth. it's... it's yeah, it's the same principle. I mean, but Paul in Thessalonians talks about those who do, who will be deceived by the Antichrist and the spirit of the Antichrist mm-hmm. because they love not the truth. They yeah. didn't want the truth. Right. And that, to me, is is exactly emblematic of what I'm talking about. They don't want the truth, and God doesn't give them the truth. They, 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 they won't receive it. So, by the way, I, I had recommended to Joy, apparently she hasn't gotten it, the book, The Parables and Metaphors of Our Lord by G. Campbell Morgan. G. Campbell uh, Morgan. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the antidotes here is a good book on the parables. Again, a classic is G. Campbell Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N, The Parables and Metaphors of Our Lord. And so, yeah, a parable is various ways, but it really is it is simplifying something that can be very complicated and making it accessible. I, I make the distinction often in teaching between being simplistic versus simple. Simple is something that's basic. You're... you're, you're Getting it where I don't know about a second grader, but I mean for someone, um, you know, you it's a the the lower ladder, if you will. Donald Gray Barnhouse used to say, "You get the hay out of the loft down on the on the floor of the barn where the cows can." Yeah, that's, that's Ralph's uh, favorite line. My big brother's favorite again. line. Well, people can people can be be fed, um, but if you don't want the truth, you're still not going to understand it. And so, yeah, of course, they did the, the, with the Pharisees and that because they didn't want the truth. Yeah. They thought they had it. They were they weren't like when they were debating Jesus. They weren't interested in the truth. And, and there's people like that today. They they don't want the truth. It's, 
you know, you know, I got a quote that you can't handle it. No, no, man. But listen, you messed up. I knew I wanted to rush in there and say that because Brian said I don't watch movies. And I was going to say maybe those guys just cannot handle the truth. And see, Brian, that could be a movie I watched. That was a good movie. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. You grabbed that for me. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, a little well, slow hard. today. Yeah, well, and, and it's and, and it's really not. You can't handle the truth. It's like you don't want the yeah, truth. Exactly. There's indeed. a big difference. Indeed, Precisely. indeed. And so it's like sometimes we know this. Sometimes people call the show up and they want to hear what they want to hear. Yes, yes. They want us to tell them what they already hold to. We just tell them that don't don't call us trying just to confirm your own view. Uh, be open that if we disagree, uh, because if you want the truth, you got to follow it where it goes. And by the way. As we would say, Brian would say, eternity's too long to be wrong. You you want to damn your soul? So you want to hear a falsehood just so you can believe what you want to believe? Knock yourself out. That's like going to the doctor. Oh, and tell the doctor in advance and you're not feeling well. Well, don't give me any bad news. Don't tell me I have anything bad or any life-threatening disease or illness. I, I don't want that. So, so you're already saying you don't want the truth, and that is foolish. You know, and it, man, I, I, we're going to get to the other callers and hang in there, uh, Diana and uh, Debbie. We're going to get to you. We have a question from Steve who couldn't stay on the line. But, the, you know, when I think about when we say, uh, Brian, like we talk about eternity is too long to be wrong. And we say it as like, as, I, don't, I hope people, if anything, they never take clichéic, it better not be that. I mean, right. we say a lot of things, you know, maybe we say it often, you know, but man, if you think about, Craig, you just put it right there. You never want your doctor ever, ever, ever to say anything but what the proper medication, if you're going to use medicine, is for the ailment that you have. And if we have that sin ailment, we're going to talk about that later on. We never take that, never take that phraseology, eternity is too long to be wrong. It's just a way to keep it on your mind for you to think about it. I mean, pontificate upon a rock, get get by yourself for 20 days or whatever it is, do something fast and pray, but really ponder that thought. And give it to your friends. Indeed. Give it to your family. Indeed. Give it to your loved ones. Give it Indeed. to strangers. Um, it, it's interesting because a lot, I think a lot of it is, you know, when, when Craig gives his testimony, he talks about he's this long hair, radical guy that likes to beat people up. <laughs> and um, when you look at a lot of people and you talk to them about Christianity, they have this mindset already. And I truly believe one of the number one things that prohibits them is that the hardness of the heart, they don't want to change their lifestyle. They think that once you become a Christian, that there's this, um, you know, that is something like, how can I say, dorky or nerdy or uh, something to that to that extent, whereas the fact, I mean, it's just a life-changing pleasure in reality. But people don't want to change their lifestyle. They don't want to stop doing the things that they're doing that aren't right, that are not godly, and that are forbidden uh, as a Christian. And so um, I, I really believe a lot of people fall into that camp. Indeed. Brian, it, 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 but let's put it this way. The truth has been given to us, and whether you want to accept it or not is not the point, especially of folks like doing what we're doing ministry-wise. We, I mean, I love I love Ezekiel, man. Ezekiel, I love Ezekiel because God gave it to him straight. He's saying, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. You better tell them the truth or the blood going to be required of you. Oh, and by the way, 
They ain't gonna listen to you. I mean, God help it. To me, it's like a sense of humor. But that all the time I read that about Ezekiel two, three, all throughout Ezekiel. Imagine God telling us that we come on this radio show every week, right? Imagine God telling us, and we know it because God spoke to all of us at the same time, right? And said, "Listen, guys, I want you to go on the radio every week, tell the truth when they ask the questions, and guess what? Ain't na- not good English, but ain't ne'er one gonna believe anything you say." Will we be on here 23 years? Would you do 23? Craig, would you do 23? I pray so. Yeah, I, I, I pray that I would too. And that's that is what the that's how powerful the truth is. And that's how dedicated you need to be to the truth. Even if no one listens to you, you better tell it so that for like the in Ezekiel, the blood won't be on you. And the truth Amen. shall what? Set you free. Amen. What'd you say, yeah, PCH? Yeah. Passages from there's many. You know, people think, oh, you're just making stuff up. Well, listen to what Paul says. Actually, this is quoted several times. Uh, but, for example, in Acts 28, after Paul had preached the gospel, a number of individuals of uh, Jewish ethnicity rejected the gospel. And, in fact, let me just uh, read this, starting verse 25 of Acts 28. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. So the law and the prophets, the two major divisions of the Tanakh, of what we call the Old Testament. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would, notice, but others would not believe. Yeah, yeah didn't say they couldn't, it just says they would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when he said through Isaiah the prophet. This is from Isaiah 6, 6 through 10. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Go to this people and say, you will ever be hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. Mm. For the heart... For the people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, right? Understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, he goes to the Gentiles. But listen to what he says <laughs> to the Gentiles. Um, we have this, so in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, for example, talking about the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist and deception during the end of time. What does it say? It says, let's start at verse 9. It says, The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth, and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie, and so that all and, and that they all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. And that's in John 3. It says that basically people love falsehood more than the truth. They chose delusions, deception, rather than the truth. And so this is a constant theme. There's other passages we could cite, and this is applicable today. We have, even as believers, we have to make sure we're open to hearing the truth from God. Search me, O Lord, examine me, see if there be any wicked way, <laughs> ways in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. But if if 
the person who doesn't want the truth, even the Christian, they're going to open for discipline. But the non-Christian who's just playing games doesn't want the truth, they're, they're not going to get it. And, but they don't get it because they refuse it. They will not accept it. They want, tell me what I want to hear. Tell me how great I am. Tell me how smart I am, how good-looking I am, and how wise and spiritually mature I am. And the Bible says, no, you're not. Nope. We want to hear what we want to hear. Well, here's what I hope everybody want to hear, the phone number to call in at 888-995-5552. Call in right now. We have some open lines, 888-995-5552. Uh, everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Yes, you can, even though we're not on Facebook or video, you can send us questions by that method, email, tweet, or message us questions. But 888-995-5552 is a number, 888-995-5552. Let's go back to the phone calls and let's talk with Princess. Diana, welcome from Glendale. Hi. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks Thanks for showing up. Hey, Diana. Thank you for allowing uh, us to show up. To my question, I want to say one thing. Moo, I want some of that hay on the floor. You know, that, that was my <laughs> oldest brother's favorite line. I didn't know what it meant for a long time, but he used to always say it. This is the first time I've heard it. Really? Yeah, first well, time. Well, no, heard. Ralph used to always say that take the hay off the uh, off the loft and bring it down to the the floor, basically, so the cows can get some. You know, and Craig, how does it go exactly? I mean, is that my saying? Donald Gray Barnhouse to get the hay out of the loft down on the barn floor so that the cows can. Yeah, eat. yeah. You know, my, my favorite line would be if I t- I tell you the truth, and if I told you a cow will give you a lemonade, get a cup and get some. That's my way of letting you know I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> but we, we we're not going to go there because Brian is making up his right now. What's your question, Diana? <laughs> okay, it is First John, chapter two, and verse sixteen. And it says that for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Well, my question is, because I've heard several definitions of this, what would you say the pride of life is? Wow, you know, if I remember correctly, it, we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not, I don't remember exactly. I have to go to my refer to my notes, and I probably can't find. But the 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 what the whole idea about the lust of the flesh, the uh, the boast. I think sometimes some versions say the boastful pride. Of yeah, life. that's that's what the New American Standard yeah, says. Talk, read read that read it that way, Brian, real quick. Okay, it says it. for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life yeah. is not from the Father, but is from the world. You know, and the first thing that came to my mind is another scripture that talks about that we can't boast, and especially when it comes down to our salvation in Ephesians, um, the whole idea about the idea of scripture. I was going to bring this up in the last caller, but I'll bring it up now, that the whole idea, at least from, from my from my perspective and understanding of the boastful pride of life, the ultimate boast would be dealing with a salvation issue where you think that some kind of way you would deserve and should get heaven based upon your own merit. You know, and then even what the Bible tells us, folks that is going to preach the word of God, that we should be careful that uh, recognizing that uh, who died for you is you know, it's not us. It's Paul said, hey, it's not Apollos. What are you, Apollos? Or you are Paul says, you know, God gives the increase. We Some people plant, some people water. But it's up to God through the Holy Spirit that gives the increase in those that are going to be saved. Now, Darryl, and that's the beauty of that particular thing about now, the boastful pride of life. 
Now, Daryl, when it comes to things that things you accomplish, like mm -hmm. in sports or athletics or chemistry or education, right. but you know, it's not by strength, it's not by might, but it's what? Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. But it's by my spirit. By my spirit, yes. It's God, it's God who does it. And even back in the, if I'm not mistaken, uh, PCH and, and, and Diana, that back in the day when the wars were going on, they say, and don't count on all the horses that you have. Don't count on the number. And that's like there was even a, um, a mandate not to take a census uh, of counting how many uh, war chariots you have and war horses because God wants you to know that he is the one that's going to give the victory. It's up to the Lord. The Lord fights your battles. And if he doesn't fight them, you're not going to be victorious. And where's the passage when God said only send so many, so many soldiers out? Oh, that was in a Gideon. That was Gideon's situation, wasn't it? It was uh, in 300. Yeah, he's, he's saying only send so many out. And, and I like the way he eliminated them. But PCH, uh, you know, we've been rambling. What, what say you about the boastful pride of life, the lust of the flesh, well, and all that? In the context, just the, just the not, pride of life is what I'm. Oh, the pride of life. About. Okay, gotcha. Right. It's it's in context. It's not really talking about salvation that you say right, yourself. Right. Right. Yes, that's true. But you won't get it from that passage. It that passage is dealing with what one has. That that is my. Value, my importance is based upon what I have, what I've achieved, possessions in particular, pride of life. So, so things I've done, things I've done, accomplishments, maybe trophies, or at least, you know, I had the record for, you know, whatever, right, various athletic or other achievements. Think of, by the way, I think of, as you're talking about battle, I think of the proverb where the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but rest of the Lord. And so David and others were never to trust in their chariots mm -hmm. or their horses. Mm -hmm. It's not that they couldn't use them, but they were to rely upon God. But I think the definitive example of this that comes to my mind is Nebuchadnezzar. He looks out over Babylon, oh, yeah. Yeah. and he says, is this not great Babylon that I have built with my own hands? And the God strikes him. Uh, right? Because he took credit yes. for it. And, yes. and, uh, and some people are just at the right place at the right time. Sometimes it's just uh, to use a worldly phrase, it's dumb luck. It has nothing to do with their intelligence. I think of people like you know, one time they were selling pet rocks, maybe millions of dollars, and all kinds of goofy stuff. But people become prideful, and they they, they imagine that they've done it themselves, and they don't. I'm not saying they didn't even work hard, but the ability to work hard and to 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 do well in business is still God given. If God yeah. strikes you with a stroke or whatever, you ain't doing nothing. One Indeed. more time, bad grammar, but good point. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we 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 do want, want to be careful. I mean, uh, I'll say this, you, you know, and as an example, I don't I might not say this because it's funny. Um, I used to do martial arts. I did fight a lot. I, I benched over four hundred pounds. I mean, I used to work out. I was an animal. And and I didn't suffer fools very easily. Uh, I wasn't the boy next door. Um, but 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 the, the things I accomplished, those are all gifts from God. I mean, God gives you the ability, the athletic ability. I'm still Thank pretty you. healthy by the grace of God. And look, that's not that's not uh, attributable to me. Uh, I can't go. Well, you know, it's because of my X, Y, and Z. It's 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 the sheer grace of God. Look, I I've had friends who passed away who were more health conscious than I was, right? Uh, but but it's it has to do with genetics and and all you know family history and certain families are susceptible to certain illnesses, diseases, or what have you. And 
And that has nothing to do. That's who your parents are. You didn't choose that. So we have to acknowledge it's not that we can't and people don't achieve some good, decent things, but it's giving God the proper credit that save the abilities that he gives us and the opportunities um, that we wouldn't have anything. But we want to take credit for it all. We act as if it's all up to us, and we alone should get the credit, and that is foolish. No, I even like to say that you know you you hear especially a lot of athletes like you know they they sacrifice a lot they trained mm-hmm. hard and all that to accomplish what they did but it was god that gave them the ability yes, yes. to be strong and to be uh consistent with their workouts with their training and everything else for them to get to where they had to go you know if i can just add one yeah. more quick thing craig uh, and uh, diana brian Listen, audience, the Lord, even back in the Old Testament when the um, the temple was being built, the beauty of how God was so specific about things and how he wanted them done, and then he tells you how this particular person was gifted by me and the talent was given to that person to accomplish this goal. Well, and sure, and that that is a clear yeah. delineation on how God works over and over and over again. Yes. But, but to savor, there's things that happened, and sometimes I just I've been at the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. and it's it's the sheer grace of uh, of God. I mean, you know, I, I'll say something else. You know, he, he probably doesn't want me to say this. You know, Brian, he's never said this. Brian was all American. Mm-hmm. Brian got got a full ride scholarship to a top D one school. If I said the school. Everybody knows the school. Brian was all-American. I mean, and he's never said that on the radio. I mean, so he had incredible ability. And, Daryl, you were very athletic as well. We joke, you know, joke a lot. So, but, but we see that as a hand in the gift of God. Yes. You know, my, my family, my, my grandfathers, one in particular played a lot of baseball, and it was athletic and so on and so forth, and uh, what have you. So, but the point is, so some of it is the supernatural, natural through genetics. Some of it is through a family that's very disciplined. My father was a drill instructor, and so he taught me hard work and to be disciplined. He didn't know when he was at boot camp or not. <laughs> at home. But, but I, but, but, but you know, I joke, but, but seriously, I benefited. Yes, you did. Yeah. I mean, there's all these things that had. Uh, in fact, I'll even say this. There are some secular philosophers, I'm not agreeing with them, but one's named Clyde Nielsen, and he holds to what's called a a radical egalitarianism, and he argues that even the greatest athletes at all, at the end of the day, he said to Michael Jordan, basically he shouldn't make over 100,000, and he said, in essence, because so much of that is natural talent. And some would say, well, he worked really hard. Yeah, but that was from his mom and his family. They distilled that work ethic in him. That really is not attributable to him, per se. So even a secular philosopher, I'm not saying I necessarily agree with all that, but I do agree with that the talents and abilities we have, number one, genetically, your parents can do math or athletic or really gifted engineering, you know, building things, mechanically inclined. That's one form of gifting. Uh, Another one is even the hardships of life that God allows us to go through. And then there are other things that we cultivate. We go to school, we go to training. People listening have gone to apprentice programs and or or even a nursing or, or to be a doctor program. But then there is number four, there is the full radical supernatural gifting of God. Yes. Uh, El was already gifted and that but God, if you will, not only supercharged his abilities, but even gave him new ones. And there, you think look at look at 
just quickly here, but I think this is so important. Look at someone like Samson. Joseph, or look at Daniel. Samson, the, the ability to interpret dreams. They didn't even know what the dreams were. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, yeah. Case, and, and God gave them not only what the dream was, but how to interpret it. That, you can't, I mean, Daniel was incredibly bright, but that has nothing to do with his, his innate intelligence. That is a radical gifting from God, and we as Christians need to acknowledge that. And the, and the Christian, the non-Christian is foolish when they think it's all them, because all it takes is God, one thing to happen, all it takes is someone person mm. to pull over in your lane on the freeway, and that's yes. all over with. Like that. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, um, with Joseph interpreting the dreams, um, it was so real. Look how look how real Pharaoh thought it was, and because of that, because of those dreams or the interpretations of those dreams, look where it put Joseph. No, it's kind of cold blooded, but you guys know that was cold blooded for the man to say. Was it, was it Nebuchadnezzar or whoever it was said, "Listen, I'm not going to tell you what the dream is, but if you don't tell me what the dream is to his other little magicians and other stuff, I'm going to take you out." He's going to kill folks for not knowing what the dream was. He said, man, and all of them said, no one can do that. No one can do that. And again, the implication is except for God giving it to them. And, you know, I think uh, we were talking about the other, the other night regarding uh, Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. And when, uh, and this was a, a statement that was made in the movie, the, the Ten Commandments, uh, he said, his God is God. His God is God. Wow. <laughs> Indeed. Anybody don't know that, you better ask us. I'm about to say ask somebody. Just ask us. <laughs> but anyway, hey, Diana, is that enough? <laughs> hey, Other than that, we don't have much opinion. Great. Other than that, we don't have much opinion about it. I know I don't. <laughs> No, I appreciate all of it, all all the all the things that you all contributed. It was really great, and and thank you so much for being there. Appreciate you all as always. Thank you, Diana. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. We still take Facebook questions. Just go ahead and type it in on Facebook, even though you won't be able to view us uh, by video, email, tweet, or even Messenger. Brian, this is participation time. Not yes. just to get the participation ribbon, but for people to actually give them the privilege, I call it the privilege, to participate in the kingdom of God and what he's doing through us. Thanks, Gerald. Yeah, you know, there, there's, um, there's a couple ways people can donate to this ministry, and your donations uh, keep us on the air. Mm. Um, and, man, you guys have done a great job over the years, like 25 years and um, and we thank you for that. Uh, but for you to uh, continue to he uh, to keep hearing us on the air, a couple ways you can give. Like I said, you can go through the website, which is bibleinfobrokers.com, bibleinfobrokers.com. Click on the link that says support this ministry, and just fill out the information. You can pay with your debit or credit card. Now, if you want to mail in your donation, you can uh, make it out to Living by the Word. Okay, the Bible Info Brokers is a ministry of Living by the Word, so make it out to Living by the Word, P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. Uh, thank you for your prayers and continue to pray for us. Thank you for doing your donations and uh, continue to donate to this ministry. 
Thank you very much, Brian. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get back to the phone calls now. Please take an opportunity to call in. We'll call in right now. We have some open lines. Send us those questions by way of Messenger, email, tweet, or Facebook. Um, let's get into You know what? I'm going to ask you guys a question and think about it. If you're a person who have ever used the Lord's name in vain, or if you're a believer or even a non-believer that have said some bad words or, like we used to say down south, you cuss too much. You cuss too much, and you're a curser? Or you use the Lord's name in vain? Well, Steve called in earlier. We're going to deal with his question right after we deal with question from David from Westwood. Let's go to Westwood and talk with David. David, thanks for holding on and calling in. Yeah, I was asking about uh, John 10, 34, mm-hmm. where Jesus says, Jesus, have I not said that you are sons of God? Quoting uh, Psalm 82, 6. What, he, was he calling human beings God? In John ten thirty four, right? Are you going to 36, all the way to 36? This is not written, written in your law. I, I said you are gods. Jesus was speaking uh, to the uh, dis- some of the disciples, I believe. Right. Brian, read, the, read all the way down to, I think, 30, 30, at least to 36. Um. Yes, yeah, so Jesus answered them, uh, has it not been written in your law, I said you are gods? If you called them gods, and this, uh, this gods is lowercase, to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. Did you say of him whom the Father sanctified and said unto the world, you are blasph- you're blaspheming because I said, I am the son of God. Um, uh, Jesus right here, I, I, um, He's 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 mocking the Jews. It could kind of just before that, because they deal with the idea that uh, Jesus being just a man made himself to be God, and then they get into uh, those other um, uh, follow-up uh, questions when Jesus answers people like this. And this is definitely not a parable. This is just Jesus being straight up and answering it. PCH, what 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 what, what say you about this? Well, sure. Actually, I have a free handout, a one pager on the use of Elohim or El Ella, Elohim Hebrew or Theos, Theoe, singular pearl Greek. I deal with this. Uh, so there, there are times when it's referring to the literal God, of course. Of course, you have to remember that the Old Testament is, as I'm sure David knows, and uh, the New Testament is monotheistic. So you have to understand that's the context. Uh, but but it even refers to this at times to the so-called fa- false you know false gods, purported gods. It can, your God, according to Philippians three, can be your stomach, your appetite. There's seven or eight usages, at least, of the term God or gods. But this is a great question he's asking. But no, what what's going on here is they Jesus is claiming to be uh, the Son of God, God the Son, and Son of God doesn't mean something lower. It means having the attributes of like James and John, sons of thunder. That means that was their personality. Mm-hmm. It wasn't their dad was thunder. It has to do expressing the term son of can be literally a son or grandson or great-grandson, what have you. But it can also mean um, your nature. But, but, but they're, they can't believe that he could be God because he's in human form. And so, in other words, the deeper issue here appears to be that that's impossible because you're human and God's not human. I think Karis is arguing it's not impossible for God to incarnate in human form because we're made in the image of God. So we're not God. He's not, so he's not saying the humans were God because there's too many passages 
that are very clear, affirming monotheism, Old and New Testament, even by Christ himself, that there's only one God. But they're, they're disputing, and that's the whole point. If you read on, context, 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 by the way, in John 10, 30, he says, S-men, he uses this, the plural, we are one. Mm. And here he's not just talking unity, I believe he's talking ontological unity, that is the Father. But if you go past verses 34 through, up to 40, it's very clear what he's saying. They did not believe, then they want to kill him because he says, you as a man claim to be yeah. God, making yourself out as divine. That's their beef, and they're basically saying, not only you're not God, that's an impossibility, <laughs> you're human, we're here talking to you, and then so Jesus appeals to, in this case, Psalm 82, but look, even Psalm 82, so let me slow down. Verse 6. So finish, finish the context of John 10, they tells you that's what the issue is, they're disputing, and he tells them, they're disputing whether or not he, he could be even divine, and he says, don't believe me because of what I say, believe me for my work's sake, look at my works, they point out to who I am. Uh, but additionally, going to Psalm 82, 6, Psalm 82, 6 isn't there even saying we are the gods. God refers to, he, God refers to the angels at time and to certain humans as gods when they are exercising the power of life and death and, and under the auspices or the authority of, of the true God. It doesn't make them gods, and, and by the way, we know this because of the overall context of the entire Bible, but just finish Psalm 82, chapter 82, he says, but you shall die like men. In other words, he does. There he mocks them. He says, yeah, I called you a god because you are sitting in my place, having the power of life and death that I ultimately only I have. God saying he alone has the power of life and death. I've delegated to to, to you, and by the way, you've misused it, and you're going to die just like a dog. I can mm. say it that way. And so, and of course, we all know well, God doesn't die. So that's the context here. One more time, it is simply they can't believe he could possibly be God because he's in human form, and he's saying, "Oh, I am in human form, and I am also the Son of God, God the Son." And it's not a contradiction, because it's completely possible, because humans are made in the image of God. Not gods, but made in God's image. Therefore, we have what called the communicable attributes that we share with God. 100. Okay, okay there's, yeah, it's obviously he's, he's, he's uh, being, I guess you could say he's being kind of facetious when he says that. Well, yeah, there's there's some truth to it, and then he's facetious. Yeah, I mean, he, it's sarcasm. You're a god? Yeah, you're going to die like a dog. You're such a god. Just like Paul does. Yeah. God, I mean, God mocks people. Yes. I mean, <laughs> not that uh, well, something I'd want to experience, but God literally mocks people. Oh, really? You're all that, huh? Well, try this out. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, okay. so that's what's going on. And again, but also, so he is doing that. That's a good way to say it. God's being facetious. But also, he is saying, I believe, it's not an impossibility for the Son of Jesus to become human because humans are made in the image of God. So let me just say it a little differently. God can't become a dog. He's not going to become a cat, with all due respect, or any other animal, because they're not made in the image of God, but we are. Now, Craig, in, uh, in Psalms 82, 6... Now these judges and administrators, uh, they were they were especially chosen by God, correct? 
Well, they're only chosen by God in the sense of they were allowed to sit in those seats. Right. Think of the Sanhedrin, and I've got a bunch of other passages I was mentioning on that free handout, where I give you a bunch of other passages where the word Elohim is used, not just of humans, but of angels, but it's always only used in the context they are administrating life and death on behalf of the true God. Amen. Hey, David, thank you for your call, brother. Always appreciate you. God bless, man. 888-995-5552. We have about another five or so minutes to the top of the hour break uh, that we'll be breaking momentarily, so we want to get as many, again, many questions as you call in. Call in at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers, even though we're not showing a video of us live, but you can still send questions by way of Facebook, email, com website, or Messenger, or Tweet. Bible Info Brokers are those formats. Bible Info Brokers for the platforms. 888-995-5552 is a number. Call right now. We have some open lines. Guys, let's go to Chatsworth and deal and talk with Eric. Eric, thanks for holding on and calling in. Thank you, brother, for taking my call. You're so welcome. Um, yeah, so uh, I think I have a, a, a profound question that would have some rather practical application. So, uh, if you if you deem it to be worthy, if you might carry over your response after the top of the hour, because I think that might be uh, ed- um, edifying for all of us. So I-, I had a question with regards to um, spiritual attack and spiritual uh, warfare, uh, which we know is real. And um, I'm talking about the actual warfare and attack that we experience from uh, the evil forces, namely uh, Satan and his minions. And, um, you know, starting with a positive comment, um, I I know it's important to realize that Satan and his minions are not um, omnipresent as uh, Christ, the Holy Spirit, all three uh, uh, persons of the Trinity. So, you know, Christ promised that he would be with us always, and, of course, he sent the Spirit to walk with us always as well. So we always have Christ in the Spirit to turn to when we're under spiritual attack. But my question is simply this. Um, you know, it's important for us to understand the, um, the ways of our enemy. And I wanted to ask you if you could sort of enlighten us um, how we can see and understand how it is Satan and his minions are um, attacking us, what kinds of methods they use, and... And one last comment, I don't want to deflect our own responsibility. Uh, obviously, um, as the Word teaches us, it's uh, our flesh as well that is weak and leads us to uh, leads us into darkness and evil and sin and so on. But I'm imagining there's a connection where there's enticements from the devil, enticements from uh, his minions that lead us into patterns of behavior. Um, but um, clearly, how and when are they attacking us? What kinds of methods are they using? How can we be prepared for these kinds of um, problems? You know, you kind of got a good point on that, um, Eric. It is a very, very strong question as far as I'm concerned, and we deal with it every day on so many different levels. That I, I think even when the Bible tells us not to be ignorant about Satan and his devices, Peace Age, you wrote a couple of books in regards to the spiritual, um, as far as um, the books that you wrote uh, in that in that area. Uh Let's deal with it and see how far we get on this. We have about three three minutes left on this side of the break. Well, we can get started. Yep. 
sure. And, and, and there's some really good books out there. Warren Wiersbe's The Strategy of Satan. Uh, Mark Bubeck wrote uh, two books called uh, The Adversary and Overcoming the Adversary or Volumes 1 and 2. There's a number of great books on spiritual warfare. Even C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters. Yeah. But, but I guess for the part that we have and the time we have, part of this is let's go back to what the question that came up earlier about you know what's going on in first john and and what are these things uh, for example <laughs> excuse me chapter 2 verse 15 and following right do not love the world or anything in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for everything in the world the cravings right a sinful man the lust of the eyes and the, and the boasting of what he has and does come not from the father but from the world the world and its desires pass away but the person who does the will of god abides forever there's other passages of course eric knows ephesians 6 and and so let me just say at one level there's more to be said after the top of the hour but minimally is he works through the the things that we already know about but it's sometimes we're just oblivious, and or we don't see that it's even energized by the demonic. But the world, the flesh, and the devil, or here the list that we just read in John, he works through the things, the world, the world system, the world system that is hostile towards God, that is prideful or wants to be in place of God. Even you know, being worldly isn't just you know being someone who's an atheist, but it's, it's the person who says praise God or thank God or whatever, but but clearly lives an ungodly lifestyle, and it, their life has nothing to do with giving God any honor or glory. It's just really vain platitudes or empty words. Uh, but, this, but the world, so the flesh, our fallen nature, he works through our nature, that is our pride, uh, our epithemia is the word, one of the key words for lust. It can be just desire in a good sense, but it's often used in a bad sense of, of, of coveting, of lusting after something. It can be power, it can be all kinds of things. And of course, the, the devil, he's not our playmate, right? Uh, but he is, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom they devour. And in the passage in First Peter 5 there, especially in the Greek text, is really clear that... And by the way, you ever seen a special on, on, on lions, how intelligent they are, and how they, they, they lie... Often they lie in wait that they... They, um, what's the word I want? They, they, uh, not sabotage, but they, they, they are hiding, if you will. Uh, they're setting an ambush and then they jump out at the animal or what have you. Uh, but it, it is the idea of, of, uh, prowling about is the idea of strategizing, of scheming, of, of working a plan to, to, to catch that animal and to kill it. And so we, we've got to stop and think that there is a cosmic psychopath, a social path, out there who is incredibly intelligent, far more powerful than anything we can imagine, uh, who knows us, has your home address, knows where you live, and would rip your head off spiritually and otherwise if God would allow it. Yeah, let's stop and right this, there, PCA. It's going to be coming on the top of break. One, yeah. yeah, we're going to, uh, what is that again? Job what now? It was Job what? Job chapter one. Very good. Look, Look we're going to take a break um, coming up now. I hear the music coming on. I'm going to put you on hold, uh, Eric, and bring you back on the other side okay. as everyone else can hear the music playing. 
We're you're listening to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers, PCH, Brian Allen, Daryl Easy D. Fulton, and Wilbur is taking care of all this technology. We really appreciate that. Wilbur doing a fine job as usual. Now, we're gonna take a break. Guys, you can call in during the break. You can send us questions during the break at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers, go ahead and take care of that business. Get those questions in, and let's have a seamless show on the other side of the break. We'll be back after these messages. <laughs> 